Hey, this is Craig and Lum from Heathen, and you're listening to Misery Point Radio. Thanks for joining me again on Misery Point Radio. I know I took a little bit of time off, but I'm back with a vengeance, ready to bring you another round of epic metal awesomeness. But really, the timing of today's episode couldn't be better, because just a few short days ago, an album that was over 10 years in the making was unleashed upon the masses with a nuclear blast, literally. And that album is already crushing the charts and thrashing its way to success. And today's guest is here to tell us all about it. I'm talking about heathen guitarist and shredmaster extraordinaire, Kragen Lum. I spoke with Kragen last year before the re-release of their epic album, Evolution of Chaos. And during that conversation, we also talked about the recent announcement of the as-then-yet-unnamed new upcoming album. Well, here we are, nine months later, and we now have the masterpiece that is Empire of the Blind. Craig dished on the recording of the album, his hands-on approach to promotion, and of course how the current COVID situation has altered the state of the music industry. We also talked about the addition of new members Jason Mirza and Jim Demaria, the songwriting process, and how they work to make the vision a reality. It really is mind-blowing to know how much work actually goes on behind the scenes to make these things happen. Trust me, it's a lot. Now, I've been a fan of Heathen since the early days, and let me tell you, this album is the heaviest and most intricate Heathen album to date. And it's really cool to be able to revisit a previous conversation and see the progress and how much happens over the course of a year. So I hope you're prepared to be completely blown away, because I thought I knew what to expect, and I was still completely blown away. That's all I have to say about that. So... Grab yourself a can of hypnotized IPA, get those oversized speakers ready, and check out this conversation with one of the hardest working dudes in the music biz. Here we go. Morning, Mike. Buenos dias. How are you? I'm okay. How are you? Not dead yet. <laughs> they keep trying. I keep fighting it. Oh, well, that's good. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, welcome back to the show, by the way. Thank you for joining me again today. Thank you for having me again. You guys are uh, you guys are busy. Lots of stuff happening in the heathen camp there. Yeah, uh, especially at my house with the packing up all the orders and stuff. The uh, the store is my house, so my spare bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I saw the post. That's that's exciting though. I think uh, I think people like to see um, the hands on. You know, people actually involved in the process. It's not some faceless, nameless corporate guy you know just yeah, kind of, yeah. uh, you know sending out the orders to the minions totally which i mean sadly yeah. I've, I've been that guy you know but <laughs> uh, i i'll tell you though uh, there were there was a point where i wish i had many minions mm-hmm. <laughs> i mean i'm i still have some pre-orders that haven't gone out yet you know it's i just couldn't keep up the vinyl I like to pack it nicely so it's protected and it just takes a while. So Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, I, I did some uh, some shipping for a job that I had for a while where we were packing warehouse orders and stuff like that. And some things require a lot of extra attention to detail, you know, to make sure they're not damaged or to just make sure they're, you know, weatherproofed. And you don't realize how long it takes to pack one order sometimes, especially like you guys did a a pretty awesome set where there was different packages, different bundles. So then you have to sort all that stuff and, you know, yep. and then you got sizes and everything. So yeah, it's uh that's crazy. I, I feel your pain though, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad I'm not the one doing it. <laughs> hey, you know what? It, it's, um, it's uh, all okay. I mean, it uh, really, it, it's, it was over overwhelming the number of pre-orders, but um, it's a good thing. You know I mean? Yeah. It's, uh, it's, I can't, I certainly can't complain. It's a, it's a great thing for, for us to be, you know, to be able to have the, enough of a connection with the fans to sell a large number of copies through our web store. So, so obviously 
you guys did a fantastic job of marketing this album, promoting this album, and and you yourself are, as you said, kind of in charge, more or less, of kind of all the stuff that's going out with it. So the pre-order response seems to have been pretty epic then. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, I, I can tell you that I've already sent out um, over 500 packages, and I still have more to to ship. So... It was really great pre-order, um, not only in our store, but also in the Nuclear Blast web stores. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I, I looked on Amazon today and, and the album is the number one bestseller in new new metal albums. So Jesus, it's <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, the, the fan response has been great. You know, um, the the. The videos and the the sort of singles that we've had out have all been um, different from each other, but we did that on purpose. You know, I mean, there's kind of the way that the album is designed. There's sort of something for everybody. You know, it seems like the 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 real hardcore thrash fans really like a song called In Black, which is like basically the beginning of side two is how I look at it. It's how you know you're old school. Well, yeah, <laughs> I actually thought I think about all that stuff when I when I'm working on uh, the the track list. You know, I mean, how do you start the album? How do you end it? W- what's that song that would be the beginning of side two to like, you know, wake up, everybody, you know, we're back yeah. for anybody that we lost that we lost or or that, you know, that didn't didn't um, see the magic in the in the more accessible track we'll call it sun in my hand so you know it's uh it's something that that we think about a lot is all you know all those little details they go into making a cool record and and we wanted to make an album that was an album you know not just a bunch of songs yeah there there has to be somewhat of a cohesive element to it all and uh i think you guys have accomplished that so i i was going to ask you the reasoning behind you know why for instance you chose uh you know blight as your first single and then you know following it up with the title track so there there was a kind of a an idea you had in mind about what each of those songs brought to the table yeah i mean uh you know the the blight is probably one of the fastest songs that the band's ever done it's pretty blissful and we thought that we wanted to come out with something where it was like you know for the for the thrash fans you know um and then the the title track is more of an epic um and the and then sun in my hand is is uh you know super catchy so i mean it's we just wanted to have a little bit of variety and we're actually working on another video for another track so i mean we have to get creative in this day and age where we can't tour um, yeah. to figure out ways to continue to promote the record. Um, so we're, we're working on another, another video. That's killer. The video for son of my hand was kind of a cool surprise. Here it is. It's release day. There's already been this anticipation built up and then, Oh, by the way, here's something else for you just to kind of celebrate that. Was that intentionally uh, planned specifically as a launch day surprise? Yeah. Um, you know, each one of the videos has been, uh, a little bit different and basically we kind of wanted to, uh, ramp up the quality a lit, a little bit, each video. Um, they're all, they're all different. You know, the blights more of sort of a standard lyric video. Um, the empire video has a lot of, um, more computer graphic kind of stuff. Um, it's what they call a 3d visualizer. Yeah. And then, and then we went for the full on animated video, um, you know, for, for the, the sun in my hand song. So it was just, uh, we wanted to do something a little bit different. And I was talking with the, the guy who did the video, his name's Costin. And, um, I, I asked him, you know, what do you think about, should we put the lyrics in? And he says, actually, I don't think we need it. You know, it's, it's, it's an animated video and, you know, and I'm glad we didn't, I think it's kind of cool without it. Yeah. And even though, you know, nuclear blast is notorious for loving those lyric videos, that's just uh, a thing that they're kind of known for, but um, yeah, I like them. I, I, but I like the fact that you're doing each thing, you know, being different. Um, Speaking of nuclear blast though, 
I wanted to kind of ask you last time and I forgot, but um, so you guys signed a contract with them back in like what, 2012, right? Yeah. I'm sure they're just happy as shit that you finally got this, this product out. What does it take to keep a contract intact for so long as we're waiting for releases to come out? Uh, I mean, just managing relationships with people, you know, I mean, thankfully we saw, uh, you know, they got the, the guys from nuclear blast, um, on a regular basis on tours. And of course they were always like, when are we going to get, <laughs> when are we going to get the record? Um, but, uh, you know, we I just, I kept sending them demos and kept, you know, saying, Hey, look, we're, we're working on it, you know, just give us some, some time. And they were, I mean, they were beyond patient with us. And they also let us make the record that we wanted to make, you know, they didn't steer us in any direction or anything like that. So, um, you know, it's, it's been a great relationship. I mean, I've known a lot of those people for a long time. Um, you know, my, my product manager, uh, is Charles from abysmal dawn. Yeah. Uh, who's a friend of mine also, you know, and I've known for a long time and great band uh, and, you know, other folks at the label Gerardo and Yop. I mean, those guys are, you know, we've, we've known them for, for years and years, you know, so it's a, it's a great relationship and they've, I mean, really the whole staff there has been fantastic. Um, you know, so press, press stuff and, um, and, you know, social media, you know, I, I do, I do quite a bit of it, but we, I, I can't do all of it. And, um, you know, it's, it's really great to have such, such good people working on, on the record. So, yeah, I, I've spoken with several people at this point who <clears throat> have relationships with nuclear blast and unanimously, every one of them says that of all the labels they've worked with, they find nuclear blast to be the easiest the most laid back, you know, they lay out their expectations, but that they work with you, not like in a pressuring manner to pump stuff out, even if it's not ready or to try to hit some kind of crazy deadline that's unrealistic. They really seem to support their artists uh, in a lot of ways, you know, plus, I mean, they are they are a bigger label with, you know, the ability to kind of have some financial flexibility on things as well. So they don't quite have that necessity to get something out uh, at a date that you're not ready for. So I think that's pretty awesome. Yeah. I mean, they're also forward thinking a little bit, you know, um, uh, a, a lot of bands, you know, they get a they, they have the record deal and then they have a, a budget for like doing videos and stuff. And we could, we could have made one video where it was some kind of live action thing with us playing or whatever. But at, at the end of the day, you know, I mean, you have this, what, what's really kind of a small amount of money and those, those videos usually just end up being kind of, cheesy uh, uh frankly i mean like the dying season video you know it's, it's fun but it's you know it's campy too so you know we we just decided to take the the budget and make three videos instead you know and so i mean it's for me it's about maximizing whatever we can you know in terms of promotion and i mean honestly we started promoting this record like a year ago i i made stickers as soon as we had the album cover and was sending them out with all my guitar books exodus guitar books for example yeah and um you know sending them out to heathen fans when they would buy some other thing whether it was a t-shirt or whatever just to get the underground kind of promotion i mean that's kind of the old school way of doing things like you know that's that's what i would have done in the late eighties, early nineties. Yeah. That was your, uh, that was your tape trading mailer stuffer, uh, that, that was very common that, that, you know, I always look forward to getting like the stickers or the patches or, you know, yeah. the other, the other cool, you know, like maybe a, like a, <laughs> a photocopied band photo or something that was, that was kind of included as an extra gimme. But I, I think it's clever because it lets people know, Hey, don't forget this is on the horizon. And, and, I think the lost art of promotion of giving people something to look forward to, um, it can be something really subtle, but people really like, Oh man, get excited about this is coming. This is coming. I know I'm like that. So I, I get excited about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, I mean, the, the, the great thing about doing all of that, um, kind of underground promotion and then also having nuclear blast is that, um, we've been able to reach a bunch of people that are like, heathen still exists. <laughs> 
I mean, there were literally, we're, we're seeing lots and lots of people that didn't even know about the evolution of chaos record. And I, I think sadly, um, you know, the label that released it, um, while, while they do release metal, it's not, it's not a metal label. Right. And so that's um, a mascot, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, and nuclear blast just knows the metal audience and they know how to target it directly because that's all they do, you know? Um, so it's, it, it's been really great. I mean, we're, we've been reaching a lot of people and that I think, you know, l- liked the band in the past and just didn't even know we were still around. So, yeah, and I've seen on your posts, um, especially, uh, you know, on the new fan page, which is super cool. There's people that are like, I'm just now learning of heathen. I'm just now getting into this. So yeah. I, I think you're finding a whole new generation of fans, which is amazing. And since you brought up evolution, I mean, last time we talked, you were just getting ready to launch that. And yep. so, uh, that release also seemed to have gone really well. It was really highly regarded. I got a chance to side by side the tracks, which was really cool. So to, to hear the kind of original stuff and then to hear the remasters. And it's really funny because, you know, as a musician, sometimes you, you just hear stuff so often you kind of lose some of the nuance in your ears. You know, you're just like, oh, okay. And you hear it and you hear it and you hear it and you accept it for what it is. And then you hear another version of it. It's like it's the same song, but just it, and it's not even remixed. I mean, it's just, it's just a, a, a different amount of clarity, a different amount of punch, a different amount of contrast. So it was really cool to kind of hear how the tracks sounded, even though they were recorded a long time ago, they kind of had yeah. new, new, uh, new life breathed into them. And I, I thought that sounded really cool. So, Good. Yeah. I mean, the whole idea of doing that reissue, um, I actually brought the idea to mascot. Um, and not the other way around. And I, I felt like it, you know, it had been a decade. Um, I really wanted to not only remaster it, but add the bonus track. I wanted to locate it. Um, it was written by our former bass player, John Torres, who died. And um, honestly, I, I think the whole band thought that the track and all, all, all the individual tracks that we thought they were just lost. We didn't even know that it still existed. So once I tracked that down and, um, you know, kind of got the uh, the folks in Japan that owned the footage um, that filmed it uh, to let us use it on the DVD. And I mean, it, it, it came out really great. And the remaster is awesome. The vinyl sounds great this time. Um, last time they just used like the CD master for the vinyl or something. And it was kind of eh. But this time it has a specific vinyl master. Um, you know, it's got lots of dynamics and um, it's it's what it should have been. So, you know, it was a cool way to sort of remind the fan base, hey, don't forget about this band. We have this reissue. And then it was supposed to be three months later we were going <laughs> to release the album. Uh, it ended up being more like, you know nine months later almost but um you know it, it's whatever it, it's what it is <laughs> yeah well so, it's it's again something to look forward to and it's like you're working on one project you have something else already kind of in the works um and so it was really cool also for me to listen to evolution and then hear you know kind of the the stuff off empire and compare those sounds and here's what i'm going to say about the heathen sound it's punchy. I mean, it's heavy. It's strong. A lot of times it's hard, I think, to get really high gain guitar sounds to come through with clarity where you can, you know, articulate all the notes and hear that. And the heathen sound is very distinctive and uh, it just is just powerful. It's it's not it's not buzzy, which happens sometimes with with heavy guitar sounds. It really just kind of hits really hard. And so I, I just I'm a huge fan uh, fan of of the overall sound that you guys have put together. It's just really powerful. Oh, cool. Yeah, I mean each one of the Heathen records sounds a little bit different. You know, um, the guitar sound on Evolution is different from from Victims, and yeah. you know the guitar sound on the new one is different from both of them. Uh, it's probably closer to Victims actually. Um, but, you know, it's uh, I, I mean, there there's a lot of detail in the music and we want it to come through. So trying to make sure that there's a good balance between the crunch and what we call the thump, which is <laughs> uh, which is the, the stuff that makes the sound punchy. Yeah. Um, 
and, uh, and, you know, and having clarity and all of that, it's, it's, a uh, it's hard to get sometimes, but, uh, you know, we, we, we go with the, the Mesa boogie Mark series amp sound, yeah. which is, you know, been on all the heathen records basically. So. Yeah, that's awesome. I like it because, you know, all the, the mix is fantastic because, you know, there's a lot of headroom in it. You can hear all the instruments e- equally well. Nothing is buried. Um, and you worked with, uh, was it, you worked with Zeus this time around, right? That's right. And yep. prior to that on, on, uh, you'd worked with, with, with Juan or Tiaga, correct? Yeah. And then Jacob Hansen mixed, uh, the evolution record. Yeah. So, so there were two people involved in that one. How, how was the differences between working with say Juan and, and working with Zeus? Um, I... I mean, they both have sort of different approach to producing. Mm-hmm. Um, they're both really good at what they do. Uh, you know, Zeus is Zeus is fantastic at at knowing and understanding what you want, and then getting you there. Okay. Um, I I told him what I wanted with the mix, and um, and he did it. And it, I mean, he went out of his way to use analog gear wherever possible to give the album warmth. Warmth, yeah. Um, I wanted to have a hybrid between sort of like that classic analog late '80s, early '90s mix and modern recording. Sure. And he, I mean, he did a great job. You know, uh, he got killer drum sounds. He he got a killer bass sound. Um, I recorded the guitar tracks here at home, um, except Lee's solos and stuff. Those were done uh, with Zeus. Um, but he, I mean, he just, even to, even the vocal sound, like he got a killer vocal sound and he knows how to, he knows how to get the best out of people, you know? So he just, he's, he knocked it out of the park. I mean, he worked really hard. We, we, he knew that we wanted the guitars to be super upfront. Yeah. And yet still manage to find a way where you can hear the bass, <laughs> which with, <laughs> with, with, which in this music, I mean, it's, it's hard, honestly. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's, it usually sits underneath, it should sit underneath the guitars and it, and on the record it does, but you can also hear what, what's being played. And, uh, and I mean, that's, a, that's, killer too everybody's i wanted everybody's great performances to really come through and he he did a killer job definitely did a killer job in fact i think right now is a perfect time for us to check out just how killer this album sounds so here it is the first single off empire of the blind this one's called the blight
I was curious, uh, you know, I was talking to, uh, uh, to Claudius from Possessed and PowerShift recently, and uh, they're using, you know, Juan uh, uh, working on, on their current stuff. And I was wondering if you did the same thing, which is Juan apparently likes to mix and master kind of as he goes. Did you guys ever take that approach or was this just finish all the recording and then start that process after it's all done? I mean, I think that that's like, a, you know, that's that's kind of how all producers really kind of do it. OK, they, they're kind of tweaking little by little as they go. Right. You know, and then they'll move. They'll when they move to the next song, you know, it gets a little bit better. And, you know, they kind of they they're kind of refining things as they go. Um, but I mean, ultimately, you know, at the end of the day, when everything's finished, um, you have to find a way, especially with this band, you have to find a way to fit in all the parts, you know, cause we have like, I mean, on tons of layers, on the, the chorus of the blight has, uh, six guitar tracks going at once, you know, two <laughs> rhythm, two rhythm tracks, two octave overdubs, and then there's harmonies. Yeah. And you know, trying to trying to get them so that they're all audible and they sound good together and they don't step on the vocals, which had a vocal, you know, I think there's there were four tracks of, of vocals and then a harmony, <laughs> a vocal, <laughs> harmony vocals. So all that stuff, you know, I mean, it's complicated. It was complicated to write it. I can't even imagine how, you know, complicated it was to try and get everything audible, you know, so... We didn't make it easy on him, but he did a killer <laughs> job anyway. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, you got to bring on new challenges. And, and I know that you've got a, a pretty decent amount of experience, uh, you know, with audio editing and, and with recording going back to your to your Activision days and whatnot. But uh, have you thought about taking that next step? Is that something you're working towards where you can be the one kind of doing the mixing and the mastering and, and handle that project on your own at some point? I don't know if I want to. I mean, I, I like, I like recording and I like producing, um, but mixing is an art form. I mean, it really is. Uh, I, I can mix things and I have mixed things. Um, but I'm one of those guys that would probably rather spend my time being creative and having somebody else make it sound great. You know, that makes sense. I have, uh, I have so much music. I mean, I already have music for the next record, um, you know, a bunch of other music ready. So I, I, I would, I would much rather be creative. I have enough trouble just having to <laughs> multitask when I'm recording my own parts or whatever, you know, I have to like, I have to, I have to be the engineer and the and player and I have to produce myself and say, okay, is that good? You know, is it good enough? I mean, it's, it's, that's enough. I don't want to have to think about, uh, I don't want to have to think about mixing it. <laughs> well, so, so you've taken on many roles and obviously, uh, that's not something that, that you're going to be interested in, you know, in the short term. Although I think we know that you're probably capable of doing it, but it is a lot kind of to take on, but you still in some capacity are driving kind of the overall sound. Um, you are the primary songwriter on this album as far as the musical tracks anyway, correct? I, I, yeah, I actually, I actually wrote all the music and all the lyrics for the record. Damn. So, yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I, I had a lot of material and I was just kind of on a roll, um, you know, talk to, talk to Lee and Dave and, and they liked everything, you know? So there, I think there was only one demo that they didn't, um, they didn't think was right for the band. And I went and I tore it apart and re like rewrote it and it became the title track. So there's still input, right? There's still everybody's contributing like that. Well, you know, this isn't right. That's not right. Or maybe we can tweak this a little bit. It's not, it's not just the Craig and show. Oh no. I mean, <laughs> even when we were in the studio, um, you know, I mean, there was, I, I, I think it was the blight, you know, the verses that I had were a little bit too wordy. Yeah. And while the mellow melody was cool, um, you know, Lee basically said, I think it'd be better if you just kind of, you know, take some lyrics out and tried a, a different rhythm. And he, and he was right, you know, so I just kind of rewrote it on the spot and we had Dave try it. And sure enough, it was, it was better, you awesome. know, and he had, 
he had ideas for overdubs and, um, you know, things that, that added a lot to the music. So, uh, everybody, everybody had some kind of input. I mean, the thing that's great about this band is there aren't any egos when it comes to writing the material. Like, you know, people think it's Lee's band, you know, because it, he was the one who started it and he ended up having to write most of victims and, evolution i came in kind of late in the writing process um but when you look even when you look at evolution if you look at the 12 songs like i wrote three of them and uh john torres wrote two of them mm. and so i mean that's almost and and the intro is is an is part of dying season basically so i mean it's it's almost like half and half and half i mean it was a collaboration and that's the, I mean, that's the cool thing is, like I said, it, there's no egos. Everybody just wants to make a great record. So yeah, so they would say, you know, I don't know about that. You know, I don't, I don't think that's going to work. You know, they'd be honest and say that won't work for heathen, you know, but also I have a, uh, I'm super critical. I have a, a, a tough filter to pass when it comes through, you know, all that stuff. So, um, uh, hopefully we can even make it more of a group effort. I had a lot of weight on my shoulders for this one. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, Hey, it, it came out absolutely killer. And before I forget also, I mean, uh, last time we chatted, you know, you had announced, uh, the, the new lineup that hadn't been announced unofficially. Of course you brought on a, you know, Jim and Jason. So if you just want yeah. to tell everybody out there kind of how they came to be in the fold, yeah, sure. Um, so Jason Mirza, I have known since, uh, 1991. Um, he was in my band psychosis. Uh, and before that, um, he lived in the Bay area. Uh, we psychosis was LA band. Sure. Um, and, um, he lived in the Bay area and basically he was living at a, at one of the rehearsal studios and used to hang out with Dave when he was in laughing dead. Okay. This was there was a short period of time where Dave was not in Heathen, and they had Paul Bailoff, and Dave was doing this other band called Laughing Dead, and so Jason was already he already knew, uh, you know, already knew most of the band, and he had been a show back in like I don't know when it was 2013 or something in in San Francisco, and he fit in great, and I I just knew he would be perfect for it, so. Um, to me, that was kind of an easy, you know, that, that was an easy decision. And, and Jim, you know, we've known him for a really long time. Um, he was, uh, uh, a drum tech for Exodus for a little while and he played in the band generation kill. And we did a tour where he, he, you know, we were out on the road with him. It was heathen and generation kill. And then he's been playing with toxic and, and we played some shows, you know, with them as well. And he, you know, both of these guys, I mean, they're, they're both killer musicians. They're both great people. Um, and, and I think honestly, since I've been in the band, it's been, uh, 12 years that I've been in the band now. Um, man, man. almost, yeah, I know <laughs> um, almost actually almost 13, um, coming up on 13 and, uh, yeah, I, I've never seen the band have this much kind of camaraderie. Um, like last night, you know, Lee, Lee was actually in the studio, uh, re recording with Exodus right now, but, uh, uh, everybody else in the band and Zeus, uh, we all got on FaceTime call last night, um, which my wife organized, um, without me knowing about it. And it, it was just, it's just cool. You know I mean? Everybody just we all like each other and want to hang out and spend time anyway as friends, you know? So it's having that, uh, is something that we haven't really had with the band, I think for, for a really long time. So it's cool. And, and, you know, it's disappointing that we're not able to kind of go out and play live and hang out with each other, but, uh, we're, you know, we're, we're thankful to have both of them in the band and they, they, they put in killer performances on the new record. So, yeah. So they are definitely involved in the process, which is great. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, I, the songs were more or less written 
but everybody was getting fed stuff on a regular basis so they could kind of prepare. I mean, Jim had the least amount of time to prepare and he still killed it, you know? <laughs> so, um, you know, it's, it, it really turned out great. I can't wait actually to maybe work on another one where we can have them, you know, in, involved at least from listening and, and absorbing and stuff like right from the beginning. Yeah. That's, that's going to be great. Well, I mean, you mentioned that there's already kind of material, uh, you know, in the works or that's, that's gathering in the hopper. Was that material stuff that just kind of didn't make it onto this record or was it just something you said, Hey, this has been done for a while. Let's just start preparing for a couple of years down the road. Um, I, I mean, I, I just, I like to write. So, um, I, in between, uh, all of the Exodus tours and stuff, I was working on music and it, and sometimes it was heathen stuff and sometimes it was other stuff. I kind of was, uh, I kind of got in this, this flow of following the, the hot trail, you know what I mean? Sure. Um, and, and, um, I was just writing a lot of material and I had a specific set of songs in mind for heathen because they were, they, to me, it sounded like heathen. Yeah. And we need, uh, there was one more that we needed, um, for the record. And I, I had this riff on my phone and that's what ended up being a fine red mist, the instrumental. Um, so, you know, th that one came together like really quickly, um, towards the right at the end of the songwriting process. There was one song that was demoed, um, instrumental. We didn't have a vocals for it. That one didn't make the record. Um, it's to me, it was one of those things where we didn't have vocals and it still just needed a little bit more work. Um, but then there's a whole, there's a couple of songs that are like basically ready to record and some other ones where they're in various stages, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I have a, I mean, I have a whole, I have a whole album's worth of other stuff, you know, that's more or less ready. So with you, it's just a natural thing that you're always working on anyway. It's not with an intent. It's just like, Hey, I write here's material and we'll use it when we use it. Yeah. I mean, there's some of that. Um, there's also some of the, uh, you know, just whenever I have that, that creative spark, I have had it recently and haven't had time to do anything with it because, <laughs> because I've been so busy working on this stuff. Um, I actually, I mean, it seems like in the last probably three or four weeks, I've only been able to pick up my guitar when I'm teaching lessons Yeah, because I've just been slammed with other stuff, which is, which as a musician uh, is, a, is a bummer, but <laughs> yeah, but, uh, but it's, you know, this other work is important. So, um, uh, you know, I look forward to getting back to the creative process. I just, I really like, I think that's my favorite thing about music is the recording you know, kind of the creative process and recording. Um, it's frustrating sometimes to search for the perfect thing for the song. Uh, and sometimes it takes a long time for it to, uh, uh, you know, show its head. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's, that's, I think that's my favorite part of, of music. You know, I just like that creative and, and recording and getting it so that you, I, I like to make things you know, it becomes concrete at some point. Sure. So I also like the fact of, you know, you've got these ideas in your head, you know, you, you, you think about them, you write them, then you, you play them and then you record them. And then you see what other people do with that to kind of work their own magic and transform your original thoughts. Sometimes it'll just blow your mind what somebody else thinks, what, what pops into their head about your work. Um, I've always enjoyed that about, about that process myself. Yeah, totally. I mean, you know, my, I had, I remember when I wrote Sun in My Hand, it was back in 2012. And my original idea for it was to have like the kick drums follow the guitar rhythm. And then uh, Jason actually was, who's, you know, he's my good friend. He would come to the studio when I was working on stuff sometimes. Um, and this was back when I lived in LA. And he, he listened to it and he's like, oh, I think you should take the kicks out, you know, have it just be a straight 
you know, four on the floor. And I was like, okay, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll try it. And then when we got to the recording studio, uh, Jim and, and Zeus heard the kick following the guitars, you know? So it's like everybody hears something a little bit different and it's sort of like yeah. it goes through these different, um, you know, stages sometimes, but I mean, that's kind of the cool part of the process, you know, sometimes things evolve and turn into something that you didn't think of, but they're, but yeah. it's, but it's great, you know? Yeah. Uh, tell me about, <laughs> This one blew my mind. Tell me about Heathen Beer. Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that was a, a killer uh, collaboration that we're doing with a company in Oakland, California called Ale Industries. Um, and we, I was talking with, uh, with a guy named Varun uh, who used to work for them. He's a, a huge metal fan. And, uh, he actually messaged me directly and sort of brought the idea to me and said, Hey, I can make this introduction if you're interested. And I said, okay, yeah, let's do it. So thank you Varun. Um, and, uh, it, it just ended up being a really cool idea. And we had artwork that we thought was, you know, perfect for it. We've, we'd had it on the t-shirts and stuff. Um, and, uh, we were going back and forth about what the beer would call be called and, it, it, their their specialty at that brewery is IPAs, and those are are traditionally those are hoppy beers. So uh, I, I forgot who was one of the guys uh, on our text messages. We had a, a quick back and forth, and we had you know like Stein beer Stein of Apathy and all these <laughs> other names. Um, yeah. And Hopnotized was one of them. I can't remember who came up with it honestly, but it, it was perfect. And uh, it was perfect for an IPA and they could do an Imperial IPA, which works with Empire of the Blind. So it's kind of like everything just kind of happened like really quickly and came together super quickly. And I mean, we're really stoked to be a part of it. Uh, They sent me uh, a sample of of the beer and it's fucking awesome. So, uh, you know, I I can't wait to uh, to get some of it. I'll have to see how I can get some of it uh, because shipping to my state is not legal uh so we'll see maybe everybody else will get some and i will just get an empty can but i'll take it (laughs) yeah and it's a super limited run because uh i ordered some uh and uh, i want to say that it was i don't know just a a really small amount that was going to be available so i have a feeling it'll probably sell out pretty quick well yeah i mean you know the the idea was really just to have something cool uh, collaborate with these guys there they they did the death angel beers and um you know it, it's just a it's a it's a cool thing for fans you know i mean and when the opportunity came up i was like wow that's that's cool you know let's do it so you know opportunity knocks you open the door it's kind of like space balls right merchandising merchandising yeah. merchandising <laughs> and you know you got heathen the beer heathen the toilet paper um, I'm thinking uh, in my head I don't know. now. <laughs> I don't think we'll go with the toilet paper. What? Um, it's genius. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I think the best toilet paper was the Beavis and Butthead butt wipe. Uh, um, That's awesome. The uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, bands are trying to find different ways to, they're getting creative with their merchandise stuff because they have. Um, right. I mean, right now they can't play live, so you're seeing all kinds of new things that you haven't seen before, like, you know, puzzles and, um, you know, all, all kinds of different stuff. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more of that um, because ultimately it, it's it's both uh, a cool thing for the fans that want it. And it's also uh, another way to kind of keep the bands um, alive. I mean, you know, people have a very short attention span these days. Um, and you, you kind of have to remind them on a regular basis of, Hey, don't, don't forget about us. We're, we're over here. Remember that album we released, you know? So, I mean, we can't, we can't go out and tour to, to sort of promote it. So we're, we're going to have to do other things, you know? And, uh, I feel in a in a way, I feel kind of bad for the bands that finish their albums and then are holding it for until next year, because 
I mean, there's no guarantee that we're going to get to play at a certain date. You know, I mean, it's it's everything's still up in the air. So they can be holding on to it for a long time. And then what are they able to do? You know, besides, at some point, you know, without having a new record, you know, coming out with merchandise and stuff, you're, you know, yeah, I, I can't see that being sustainable. You kind of have to tie it in with something that's new and, you know, people are excited about. So we'll see how it goes. It's all uncharted waters. It's it's challenging for sure in the industry. And I, I think that the the merch people have always liked merch. And I mean, when I go to shows, I'm that guy that hangs out at the merch table and probably buys more than I should. Um, but since you can't play, I think that's still giving people some kind of an interactive experience with the band, uh, you know, especially if, if you're able to order directly from the band and the band's putting, you know, a personalized touch on it, whether or not it's an autographed piece of merch or just, you know, a photo or something, a picture that says, hey, I had my hands on this. You know, I just think that people yeah. are they're clamoring for some kind of interaction with the bands. And I guess if you take anything out of the current situation we're in is that I think that bands have gotten and artists have gotten more interactive with the fans directly, albeit social media or websites or, you know, cameos or, you know, whatever. So do you think that that, that that will continue even after things go back to quote unquote, the way they were? Uh, I don't know. I don't know if things will (laughs) ever go back to the way they were, (laughs) you know, I mean, really it's, it's uh, it's hard to know how long, wh- what kind of lasting effect this is going to have on the whole industry. Um, you've got, I mean, you've got to really think it's not just the bands, but it's also the crew and the booking agencies and the bus companies and the backline rental companies and the promoters and the clubs. I mean, it's, it's pretty far reaching and it's hard to say how much uh, damage this will do to a lot of them. And how long it will take for everything to sort of recover and get back to normal. Even when touring starts, um, every band on the planet is going to want to go out on tour. At the same time, right? (laughs) That's right. So there there won't be enough buses. There won't be enough uh, backline. There won't be enough crew. um, There won't be enough venues, uh, available nights. Fans are going to be put in a weird position where they have to choose between two or three shows that they want to go to that are all on the same night. Right. It's going to be, a, it's going to be tough until, until, until we get past that, I wouldn't even call it normal. I mean, when, when touring resumes, I don't think it's going to be normal. I think it's going to be, it's going to be hard, you know? And I think that I, I think financially and everywhere else it's going to be hard. So we'll see. Um, and until then, you know, I mean, I just take the approach of, um, you know, trying to interact with the fans as much as possible. We went uh, out of our way to to um, try and give fans something special, not only with the album, but with um, with when they bought it from us. So, uh, you know, we offered uh, the first hundred copies would be you would get an insert, a signed insert, but actually. Uh, every single person that pre-ordered it is going to get one of those. So oh, that's we, awesome. We signed um, we we signed 500 of these inserts and um, and wanted to make sure because the the response was so great. And the other thing is, you got to remember, each one of us lives in a different state. <laughs> so were you sending um, those back and forth to each other? Oh, we had a giant, we had a giant box with all the posters, all the inserts, and then in Japan they were offering a special postcard um, just for the the like a very limited number of pre-orders there, and and we had this box that literally just got shipped from place to place to place, <laughs> um, and then back to me just in time to send it to Japan. Oh wow! Uh, you know, or some some of the stuff in Japan, and then the rest of it, you know, it 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 was a lot of you know, a lot of work and a lot. I mean, some of the guys were like, man, I, I, my hand is tired from all this signing, you know, sure. That, that would be, that would be Lee. Um, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, it, it's, I mean, it, I think it's important, you know, fans waited 10 years for an album. We want to deliver not only a great album, but we want to deliver, uh, 
more than that, you know, I mean, we appreciate them sort of sticking by us and ordering directly from us. And, you know, we could have made a cheap t-shirt with two colors and no back print or whatever, but we wanted to make a full color shirt, had a back print that's had killer new artwork, you know, and tie it into the mm-hmm. record and make it uh, something that was unique to our store. Um, you know, Nuclear Blast has their new unique t-shirt, which I still want. Um, uh, <laughs> um, but, you know, I mean, it, it's, it's, uh, it, we just do whatever we can really. I mean, at this point. So now that it's done, you've got the majority of the stuff sent out. People will be buying this for a while. You got the beer, you have your guitar book, which is available digitally and coming physically here pretty quick. And, oh, hey, look, uh, Keith Morash, that's for you. Um, <laughs> cause we know Keith loves the books, right? So. I got my, yeah, I got my, uh, my proof copy. Uh, so it came out looking great. Um, just awesome. waiting to see how many pre-orders are coming in so I can judge how many to make and I'll get them printed up and yeah. And you had also mentioned uh, a while ago that there was the possibility of kind of a, a heathen anthology book that you were working on as well as a 35th anniversary commemorative Exodus uh, bonded by blood thing. Are those still kind of happening at some point? Yeah. So, um, I I took a a break from social media for about three weeks. Uh, I, I was getting burnt out on trying to find something to post on Instagram. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, I, I, and I was, I, I knew that we were going to be, uh, promoting heavily and I was going to be spending a lot of time. So I, I took a little break and I focused on trying to get the, Empire of the Blind guitar book done. During that time, I also finished a prototype continuum guitar book, um, which will come out later uh, this year or maybe next year. I don't, I haven't decided yet. Um, and then I'm a, about a third of the way through the Exodus Bonded by Blood book. Okay. So um, that one will definitely come out this year. Um, I, I, I will probably end up releasing the continuum book as well. And, uh, you know, um, I'd like to get going on the, the other heathen book. Um, you know, we'll see. I, I haven't started that one yet. I have bits and pieces of it done, obviously. Um, for the song, the songs I wrote um, won't take very long. Um, it's really the guitar solos, transcribing the guitar solos. If I didn't play them, um, figuring out what the hell somebody played sometimes is the challenge. Um I so. just I picture you sitting back with your Sony Walkman and your cassette tape, starting stopping with a pencil and some old school music, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some old school music paper. Somehow I think that's not the way it works, but my brain no. wants that to be the way that this is working. <laughs> there is this piece of software that I use that's been out for many many years called the Amazing Slowdowner, um, and if I didn't write the song, um, I will listen to it. Uh, you can EQ it, you can slow it down, you can change the pitch to match whatever your guitar is if the tuning was different. Oh, wow. Um, and uh, it, it's a really incredibly useful tool. Um, I had many, many years of ear training uh, in college um, and in a, another music school that I went to. So, um, you know, hearing, hearing the different tones, you know, I'm, I'm pretty good at it at this point. There's that added layer of complexity, which is distortion and and palm muting. Sometimes uh, if the mute, if they mute too hard, it makes makes the note go just a little bit sharp. And sometimes that'll trick, you know, trick your ears or whatever. But um, I like doing it. I mean, I I, I love transcribing people's music and, and doing these books. I mean, like I said before, I just like making things. So to me, like being able to put together a book like this where it's, you know, I basically did the whole layout to look exactly like the CD. Um, and it, and it's it's really cool. It's 250 pages of of uh, ridiculous notation some, in some spots. But <laughs> uh, the way I do it, I have each um, guitar part on a different staff. So on songs where there are uh, like – a fine red mist at the end of the song, there are six separate guitar parts going. So I have, and, and, and sometimes there's so many notes that one measure will take up the whole page. So 
at the end of a fine red mist, there are like multiple pages where it's like one measure and then you have to flip the page and then it's the next measure, but it's got six staffs, staves. Uh, so yeah, I mean, you know, it's cool. I like doing it that way. It's more like classical music would be presented um, rather than the cheesy way that guitar books have been done for in recent years where they don't even transcribe the riff and they just put A, B, C or whatever the chord names are. I'm like, eh. Right. Figure out the picking pattern yourself and uh, here yeah, you go. Yeah, well, or they'll, <laughs> they'll notate the rhythm somehow, but it's like, eh, come on, guys. Like, <laughs> that was really about saving page count and being cheap, you know, so. So you don't just hand your books to your students and say, here you go, here's your lesson, figure this out, have no. fun. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, I have students that, that like getting the guitar books and looking through them and going, wow, you know, I mean, it's a, sometimes it can be really cool to see multiple guitar parts laid out on top of each other. So you can really understand how the guitars work with each other. You know, what, 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 what point do those, those notes line up, you know, and make harmonies or, or whatever it might be. Yeah, no, that's awesome. Uh, well, I know speaking of lessons, you've got to run to a lesson here pretty quick, right? I do, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so I have a couple today. Right on. Well, um, uh, any final thoughts about the album? Anything you want to leave us with today before you you get on to lessons? Um, you know, we, I'm just, we're just all really thankful that um, you know, at the response from the for the record uh, from all of our fans, we thank you very much. Uh, for anybody that hasn't heard the record yet, go check it out. There's there's something for everybody on this album. Um. And uh, it's available right now, everywhere. Go Streaming. buy it right now. Buy some merch and uh, buy buy a guitar book and uh, <laughs> and get some lessons. <laughs> anything, anything you want to do, we're we're ready for it. Awesome, Craig, and congratulations on the release. Uh, really excited. It sounds awesome. I'm happy for you guys. The response is killer. And uh, I guess we'll be looking forward to whatever cool surprises that you guys want to throw out to the world here over the next couple of months. Yeah, we'll see. Working on a couple different things, so we'll see. Awesome. <laughs> Thanks again for hanging out today. Definitely appreciate your time and uh, have an awesome day. Thank you. You too, Mike. And thanks, of course, to all of you out there in the wasteland for hanging out once again. Don't forget, follow the show on all those crazy internet channels and social media pages. Like, subscribe, share, spam my pages to your friends and enemies. You know the deal. Huge congrats to Craig and David, Lee, Jason, and Jim for putting out an absolutely epic album. Now I'm going to leave you with one more piece of Metal Mastery. Here it is, the title track of an album that was a decade in the making, Empire of the Blind. <laughs> <laughs>